Okay, in all honesty, I did not listen to all the speeches, but I do, I have heard that, and I think this is like common sense, a main theme that Biden promised was unity. So I think that on the one hand, um, I think he's going to d deliver that by being more uh, conscious with his language. Um, I think Trump was uh, accidentally divisive because he would say some, some things like the Chinese virus and things like that, that would kind of make a pin us against each other even if he wasn't necessarily intending to or saying the illegals and Mexicans like interchangeably, I think uh, Biden's going to be just a lot more like politically correct in that sense. But on the other hand, um, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be able to unite the country. I mean, I'm not even sure if that is a feasible goal for anybody. And I don't know how he would do that. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to actually unite us at the end of his presidency at all. Okay, uh, Teresa? I completely agree with Akira. Biden's main theme throughout his speech was unity, and he really wants to bring people together after the Capitol Hill riot. That's like obviously ideal. But I think just like Akira said, it's going to be very hard to achieve that. It's easy to point out a problem and say this is an issue, but it's even harder to find a viable solution and I think Biden is going to have a very hard time uniting the country, especially when it's so broken. And it's like so hard to pick up the pieces right now. It's like we're shattered glass of a vase. And like Biden's desperately trying to pick it up, but then he's getting cut by the glass. He can't get to the glue. It's like very difficult for him to fix it, especially when we're so divided to the point of violence and literally killing officers. I think it's going to be so much harder than just saying I want to unite people during one like a five minute speech. It's going to be hard to actually do it. So thinking right now, what can Biden do to unite the country? I really don't know. So I think that Biden needs to work with more Republican leaders, more Republican governors. I even kind of think that we need to make Donald Trump actually say something. Because there's an interview actually with a former QAnon supporter, and she was like, I wish Donald Trump told me QAnon was fake. I would have left it so much sooner. Donald Trump needs to admit to his lies, and I hope that Biden could talk to the Republican Party head or the leader, and they could communicate and talk to the Republican Party, because I think everyone's just so divided right now, it's going to be so hard to bring us back. Okay, yeah, I'll... Yeah, I think that we can all agree, even just by hearing parts of Amanda Gorman's poem, that the overarching theme of the inauguration was definitely unity. But something that I'm a little bit concerned about now is that I think that the whole unity theme might have been a little bit performative, just like a lot of times when, let's say, Black Lives Matter, there was a lot, a lot of protests, but a lot of that activism becomes like performative. It's like when people just post on social media because that's just like the cool thing to do right now. So I think that that unity theme is already kind of fizzling out. Like I don't really see it on the forefront of Biden's agenda. Like we see that he's been issuing a lot of executive orders, but he hasn't really been speaking about uniting the country at all. And also a lot of his executive orders have been deliberately overturning things Trump has done in the past. So I just kind of wish that unity was on more on the forefront of his agenda, especially coming out of the Trump 
administration. That's just something that we really need right now. So that's just one of my concerns. I hope he does deliver on that promise of unity. And yeah, I really hope he does that. And I hope that he can just help even, I don't, I think that it's a little bit too, like, it's too like enthusiastic to think that Biden is gonna completely unite the country. He's just one person, he can't do that. But I think that he could kind of take us on the road to recovery. So I really hope that he chooses to take us on that path rather than just pushing a lot of progressive policies just because that's what his party wants. Um, okay, so I pretty much agree with what everybody said. Um, I think that unity is something that, you know, like Gail said, he's just one person. So he could feel very strongly about unity, but, you know, there will still be people who think that, who think certain things about, you know, let's say about blacks or about, you know, a certain nation or about a certain ethnicity and he can't change their opinion. So I think that the only thing he really can do is promote unity as much as possible and hope that the American people will listen. I think that, you know, what Yakira was saying before about, you know, even Trump's verbiage was just the opposite of promoting unity, like calling the virus the Chinese virus as if it's like the Chinese fault, but it's obviously not. So I think that he can definitely promote it and he should try, but I don't think he can actually force people to think certain things, whether or not they are right, whether or not he believes they are right. Um, and it's also not really a tangible thing, like something like, I want to help American families who are struggling, or I want to give people more jobs. That's something that's more tangible. You could, if you give somebody a job, now you have one more person who has a job, but unity is not really something that you can tangibly say, this is what I'm going to do about it. So I don't think he's going to be able to unite the country, but I think that he can definitely promote it and get more people thinking um, as like a unified group. Okay, a few things. First is that, Honestly, the whole unity talk seems like y'all said, very like performative um, uh, activism. And on top of that, it's a very politician-y move, just telling us what we want to hear. Our country is divided. He tells us he's going to unify us. He doesn't have a plan. Like you were saying, Leia, it's not really feasible. And on top of that, I think it's a little bit absurd as, as a leader to make your end goal unity. It should be doing what's best for this country. Imagine if Abraham Lincoln, actually Abraham Lincoln was like this. He got into office and his inauguration, oh, don't worry, I'm not gonna cause any unrest. I'm not gonna get involved. You can have your slaves if you want them. You don't want them, don't have them. I'm not gonna get involved. We're, all, we're united. That's literally what he said when he was going in. He didn't wanna cause more unrest. Eventually he ended up abolishing slavery, but like unity isn't always, the best option. Unity is like this weird compromise of, I'll let you do you, let's all just be together. Like if something is immoral, if something is wrong, we need a leader to step in and make decisions. We need a leader who's going to do what's best for this country, whether we like it or not. So I feel like the whole unity talk is nice in theory, but it's the weirdest goal because it's not, it's not feasible. Like, it's like, he's just saying what he's supposed to say in essence. And of course he's not acting on it because he shouldn't act on it. He should do what's best, not what's uh, most widely accepted or tolerable, you know? Okay, yeah. Oh. I don't think his end goal should be unity right now. Like, I obviously think he should be pushing these policies, especially in his 
first weeks in office, most presidents, like they want to be ambitious. They want to push as much as they can. So I definitely understand what he's doing. And a lot of the things that he overturned that Trump passed, I definitely think that they were borderline immoral, at least some of them, ban on the transgender people being in the military. That definitely was. And just there's so many different examples of things that he overturned. But I do think that we should be, he should be encouraging more compromise. Like right now there's a big like coronavirus relief package in Congress and the Democrats, I think they propose like a trillion dollar plan. It's worth a lot of money. And the Republicans just proposed one that is one third of, I think the size of that plan. But I don't even think they're willing to discuss scaling down their plan at all because they just don't want to speak to the Republicans. Republicans don't want to speak to the Democrats. And I still think that this is a really important issue that we need to combat right now. So it, yeah, he should also try to accomplish as many things as possible, but we need to encourage compromise also. That's why I don't think he should necessarily be pushing the most progressive policies right now, especially in this climate, because I just think there's going to be pushback. Okay, so then I have a question. It seems like you guys all like the idea of unifying the country, but you don't necessarily think that right now he's doing it or he's getting any closer to not prioritizing. I think he just made his speech just for show or because he was told to. So what what if he what would what would he, can he do to make you believe that his one of his main priorities is unifying the country? Like what action? Again, that's kind of like this. I believe it's like saying like I believe in like in in a niceness and kindness like I believe in unity like I, I can't really see anything that feasible except him really making an effort to meet and discuss with the other side if they were to publicize like him having conversations with key Republican figures on social media that were very civil or him having dinner with them I guess just talking with the other side. I know I know Obama was like pretty good at that. Like he definitely spoke a lot with the Republicans uh, on, on, on issues like that. I mean, other than that, I don't think we're going to be feeling the effects of unity. I don't know, that's a very personal thing. It's a very personal thing. I don't really get how he's gonna like, he's gonna get us to suddenly stop hating that like one kid in the class. You know, like that one, like how's he gonna do that? I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel like right now, Biden is like a guidance counselor. He has two fighting kids say, okay, you guys need a unifying need. You need to, you know, get along. Like, he's trying to make sure that they're okay. You need to talk to each other. And they're like, no, he's a meanie. Like, it's like a guidance counselor dealing with two kindergartners right now. And it's so difficult. It's harder than just saying, you guys need to get along. It's harder than that. So to... It's so difficult because I feel really bad for Biden because it's a difficult thing coming off from a Capitol Hill riot where people died and it's hard bringing about a country when we have people dying of COVID and yet on the other spectrum, people who still think it's fake. When we see people who think 9-11 is a hoax, like it's just hard to bring them back to reality and bring people together of like two opposite beliefs. So I think that in order for me to think Biden is trying to unify the country is if I see him trying to talk to more Republican leaders and talk to more Republican congressmen and women to try to like see what they're thinking and understand what they're saying so that I can see that he's trying to make an effort. Also maybe like talking 
Mm, this is very difficult. Talking to more red states and Republican governors about their opinions and seeing how they think. It's just very hard to unify the country. Like even right now, if you ask yourself, how would I unify the country if I was in Biden's shoes? We would all be like starstruck. We would not even know what to do. We'd be like, where do we even start? We can talk to the Republican governors or Republican leaders all we want, but what's going to make them change? So I think right now Biden needs to prioritize the COVID-19 and a vaccine rollout, all that kind of stuff first, because that's like top, top priority, like people dying. And then I think he can like be more specific and zone in and work on unity. And it's going to be a harder process than just like bringing two kindergartners and saying, get along. It's going to be much harder. Yeah, I'll, and then move on to the next point. Yeah, so I'm trying to, th- I was thinking before, like, can one person really influence unity in a country? But then I see Trump who influenced so much social unrest. So I'm just like, what did Trump do? And can Biden do the opposite of it? So I think Biden could definitely change his language. I mean, he doesn't speak like Trump already in the first place. So we don't really have that issue of him giving like a rousing, super partisan speech, talking, name calling. I think Biden already has that, the language of a politician sort of down, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad, I guess. In Trump's case, it ended up being his downfall, in my opinion. And also, he definitely needs to speak to more Republican lawmakers, Republican politicians. He needs to publicize that. He needs to publicize more that he's open to discussing rather than just pushing progressive policies. And I think that he needs to focus on issues that concern the whole nation more, like Corona, rather than pushing his most most progressive policies. Like he maybe shouldn't focus. I mean, he should be focusing on climate but he should, I really do think he should be focusing more right now on things that the entire country kind of agree that we need to fix. I mean, I know that's hard and he should also be pushing like what he thinks his administration should be doing. But right now we need, we need some compromise, I think. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point, Yala, because I was like, how in the world would he push for unity? But I suppose the best bet would be to, after his dramatic entrance, to start focusing on issues that affect us all. The thing is, I feel like there's this, this really big divide in our country where Republicans tend to um, care about the economy, which is a very valid and very important thing. Um, and Democrats tend to care more about social issues and the environment. And so, it's really hard to find middle grounds. It's really hard to even find issues that both people care about. Because even with COVID, you'd be surprised. <laughs> like it's it's really hard to even pu- uh, push a policy, except for I guess I would say a stimulus package, but not even really that. Like I, I kind of feel like the situation is hopeless, and it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, unrealistic to assume he's actually going to unify the country or that he should be trying to. I think we should just accept it as like politician sweet talk. He's, he's He was just told us what we needed to hear because we've been traumatized by being so divided. And I don't think he's actually going to follow through. He's probably just going to do what he thinks is best, which is valid, you know? Okay, yeah, I'll... Sorry, just one more point. 
I think that I don't think Biden himself is going to be able to push unity or unify the country without um, having any other sort of help, like, especially because the way that social media works with the whole algorithm is that people are still going to be seeing what they want to see. So even if Biden is saying something that may appeal to Republicans, they may have already like written him off as like, oh, Biden is a Democrat and they might already have like their Facebook pages or like Instagrams already filled with all of their conspiracy theories. Like, oh, Biden is only doing this because really he's the head of some crazy organization and he's going to kill all Republicans. So I think we need to get rid of all the propaganda in this country also in order to unify the country. That's an incredibly, incredibly hard thing to do. Like just get rid of propaganda. It sounds I mean, it doesn't even sound easy, actually. There are just so many factors that come into having a unified country. And I think that we just kind of need to find the root of all of this and find the source, which is also very hard. But I think that if we find the root of this, we can find a lot of answers on how to fix this country. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about unity. And President Biden, his like first couple days or weeks in office, made a lot of executive orders. A lot of them were actually undoing um, a lot of the things that Trump put in, put into action. So do you think that him doing this furthered unity or was causing more or less unity? Like, what do you think about this? I mean, again, that's that's totally not unifying. I don't think any policy anybody has ever passed has been unifying. Like, to my knowledge, even great things, again, the abolition of slavery was not unifying. Like, nothing is unifying. So I don't think they were unifying. But that's not to say they weren't good or moral or helpful. But obviously, it's going to upset about half the population that voted for Trump and that likes what Trump does, you know? Okay. Yeah, I don't think that the goal of necessarily getting rid of Trump's executive orders was to unify the country. But what I will say is that Trump was a very divisive president. So I guess sort of getting rid of some of the things that he was trying to do, I don't know, may kind of been pushing unity in some way. And I guess rejoining the World Health Organization, it's kind of reuniting us with the world in some way. Like we were sort of getting cut off. And now that Biden is pushing more, us being more involved in international affairs, like rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, that's going to help us have better relationships with other countries. I mean, maybe some people might think that we should try to repair the unity in this country first, but I think that it may actually be easier for him just by taking like these steps in general. So I I don't know. I don't think that he was, he had the goal of unity in mind while he did this, but I think there may be some unifying effects, but it definitely could make Republicans not like him more than they did before. But actually, I don't think so, though. I think that the Republicans are like, we don't agree with Biden. We know we don't agree with Biden. He's overturning all this Trump stuff because he doesn't agree with us. So I don't really know if it's making him any less popular. But I don't think it's unifying the country. But again, I don't think that's its intended purpose. I think it's just to get rid of the things that Trump did because he views that they were wrong. Yeah, I definitely think that Biden undoing what Trump did was necessary because a lot of things that Biden undoed from Trump 
was like immigrants being locked in cages and children at the border in cages. And it was just like transgender people not being allowed to serve in the military, all that kind of stuff that needed to change. And Biden was unifying us on a global scale. He rejoined the Paris Climate Accord and he was also rejoining the World Health Organization. And a lot of world leaders, you know, reestablished their relationship with Biden. And I think that he unified us on a global scale, but national scale with our country, I'm not too sure. Because I, some part of me is thinking, it doesn't matter if Biden has a two hour or five hour conversation with Major Taylor Greene or Mitch McConnell tomorrow. Republicans are still find a way to attack him and be mad about him. It doesn't matter if Biden chooses tomorrow to talk to Mitch McConnell face to face for 8,000 hours. Republicans will still accuse him from not unifying. So I think it's, I'm a little torn. The policies that he rebuked and got rid of from Trump was necessary, but at the same time, it made Republicans more angry and mad because like they already don't like Biden, but then undoing something that their favorite president did did not make them like him more either. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter what Biden does. I'm sure that Republican Party will find something wrong with him. Like they even were mad at him for wearing a Rolex. No, like Obama wore a Rolex and they were mad. And then they were making fun of Obama's. Yeah, so it's just like very weird. So it's like, there's so much stuff. So I feel like unifying is so much harder and so much more difficult. And I think that definitely those policies, they were needed to be removed. Even though they kind of separated us more, they had to be removed and get rid of because it's really not okay to have people locked in cages in the border and have transgender people not be able to serve. Okay. Wait, sorry, I'm just gonna put this out there. I think that even during the debates, there's this question that the cages were actually established under Obama. I never really looked into how like legit yeah. that claim was, but I think I'm pretty sure the cage, there, Obama had cages. I mean, I don't know because I was like much younger during his presidency. So I wasn't necessarily up to date on all the current events, but I know that Biden was under fire a lot because of the cages during the debates. And I even remember Trump explicitly saying like, who built them? You did. So I can fact check that for you, but I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I believe that's true. I remember I brought that up in like a social justice class and I was like, yeah, didn't Obama do that? And everybody was like, no or something. But um, when I Googled it, it seemed like you did. Yeah, that bothers me so much because people are like, oh, Democrats would never do that. Only the other side could do something so wrong like that. But in order to unify this country, also, we need to realize that both sides have flaws. and We need to call them out when they see them. For sure. Yeah, I feel like the best thing at this age, it's like always the best to just not identify with a political party so you could actually critically analyze them. You know, I totally agree. Yeah. Back off of something that Akira said a few minutes ago that, you know, the idea of uniting the country and doing things that are compromised between both parties, there is a reason that we have two parties. If every American agreed that, you know, everybody should have health care, or if every American agreed that, you know, the stimulus bills should be a certain amount of money, if every American agreed on these things, we wouldn't have two parties, we would just have a president who just does exactly what the American people tell him to do. Um, 
the reason that we have two parties is because there are different opinions. So there is no way to say, you know, everybody has the same opinion. So I'm just going to do what that opinion is. So I think that, you know, as president, what he needs to do is make decisions based on what there are people who like it, but I'll discuss it with also with the Republicans, at least have them on the same page, even if it's not exactly what they want. Okay, so the next point we want to talk about was Biden put out a lot of executive orders. Uh, a lot of them are obviously to do with COVID. So what do you think about his overall actions on COVID so far? I mean, listen, they seem pretty reasonable from what I could tell, like the federal mask mandate on federal property. Okay, fine. I don't think that's, that's a really dangerous precedent. Certainly is like reasonable. The committee for coronavirus, I think that was a good move. There was nothing that like stood out to me that I was like, wow, that's absurd. So unless you guys have something to bring to my attention, I'd say like he's dealing with it pretty responsibly. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just doing things that make common sense right now. So, I mean, I don't really understand why Trump didn't do them, but he's not doing anything that seems like, wow, he's handling this so well that I would think that if he was present in the beginning of this pandemic, he would have done such an incredible job and he would have prevented all of these deaths. Not to say that they were necessarily preventable by any human intervention, but I don't know, a lot of the things he's doing, like they seem like, they just seem like common sense to me. Okay, I'll be honest, my uh, standards are very low in terms of action for COVID by a president. So I think just for me, I'm thankful that he's taking, at least doing something. And I'm also even more grateful that there's like actually something that's gonna help. Uh, the only thing that I would have like minor problems about would be the stimulus packages. That's more of like a Democrat party type of thing, not necessarily him as a president. But I think all the executive orders he's put out, I think they've all been very reasonable and very like doable. So yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that I think that he is doing a good job considering the position that he's in. He can't reverse any of the you know, 400,000 plus deaths that happened before and, you know, during the beginning of his presidency. And, you know, he can't just come into office and all of a sudden stop everything. So I think he is putting measures in place that will at least help slow the spread. And, you know, with the vaccines and the stimulus packages, um, there are things that like he isn't even in control of, like, you know, state state level things or even just the, the local, the, the, um, the people who are in charge locally, they have, you know, more control over certain things that I feel like if he did have control over, maybe he would do different things like, you know, opening up things like restaurants, bars, gym, etc, which are more um, local control and not not even under his jurisdiction. But if they were, I feel like he would probably do more on that. So considering the fact that he doesn't have the authority to close down everything, um, I think that he's doing a pretty reasonable job. I feel like it's kind of interesting because a lot of us have been talking about, hey, it's pretty common sense. But then it kind of makes us wonder, okay, so why, like I think y'all said, why didn't Trump do this? And I'd actually like, like to challenge your like conclusion that even though Trump didn't do this, I don't think, I don't know if it says Biden would have had different results with the outcome with the deaths. I think, I think it, it might have been different. I mean, we obviously can't guarantee that like, Biden would have acted 
as he is now. But what we do know is that, like, a few weeks ago, a month ago or so, Trump was in office. He had all the information that Biden had, was fully capable of making these committees and making those mandates, and he didn't. And Biden did. So I think that just says something about their attitudes. And I do think it might have led to perhaps a better outcome uh, in the death toll. Maybe not mental health or the economy, but in the death toll, if Biden would have been in office. Okay, Yael? Yeah, I agree with, it seems like Trump hasn't really cared about Corona in general. He called it a hoax for a really long time. Even when he got Corona, he didn't even think it was a big deal. He never made Corona out to be like a huge anything. He wasn't very, he was very into just opening everything up in the economy. And we know that that is generally a Republican value. They do value the economy a lot. And Democrats, again, like you said before, they value social justice a lot more. So I agree, maybe the response would have been different in that respect, but I also think that hindsight really is 2020. So we actually have no idea, like maybe Biden could have been also totally caught off guard. Like if someone told him about Corona, he could have also brushed it off. Like, oh, there could never be a pandemic. Like how many times, how, how common is a pandemic already? Like, I feel like that was our response. Like when we were, I remember being in school in January, learning about like the big bad coronavirus that's in China. And we're just like, whoa, this virus is this like crazy foreign virus. It's like, I can't believe that this is happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And then like a few months later, we were closed. So I don't really think anyone could have predicted that. I think maybe Biden just from his, I guess, mindset, the way that even the democratic mindset, the democratic party's mindset, I think that they may have had a more targeted response against Corona, but I don't know if it would have been as significant as people make it out to. A lot of people make it out to like, if Biden was president, we would have very minimal, a very, like very low death count. And it would be so amazing. And then I just don't think that that is realistic at all. And also for the stimulus package, what I think Biden can do right now is he, and should be doing is he should be encouraging the Democrats or Republicans to actually talk rather than what they're doing is ignoring each other and not even taking into account the new Republican bill that's being proposed. So I really think he needs to encourage conversations like that. Like that is something he can do to unify the country. Even if he has limited power to do that, that's one of the things he can do. So he should do that. And also, sorry, one more thing. Um, I think somebody mentioned that this is like everything that he could do on a federal level. And like, that's true. If Biden, I think if he want, if he could, if he were able to take more control, like of the states, he would. And I think that so he'd be able to have a more targeted response because we know that a lot of the coronavirus response was more state-led and that's why we have different outcomes. Some states were very pro-lockdown, some states were very not. So I think Biden would have a more uniform response, but he doesn't have jurisdiction over that because that's, that's just not where our country is. So I think Biden is just doing his best with the limited amount of power he has over people. Um, I just wanted to say two things. The first being that um, I well, I agree with what Yael was saying that I don't think it's fair to say, you know, because of Trump, 400,000 people died. And if it had been Biden, it would have been, you know, half that amount or, or you know, significantly less. Because I think that while, of course, the government's approach can affect the numbers, 
um, there is only a certain extent to which they can prevent it. You know, there, there's no, you know, no one can come up with a reasonable argument saying that, you know, if Biden had been president, we would have had so few cases and so few deaths because it's just not um, reasonable. And then the second thing I wanted to say, and please correct me if I say something wrong, because I was reading the New York Times at like 5.45 a.m., um, but I believe that um, Biden was, is, you know, working with the stimulus packages and they were, he was, he's just from what I read, it sounds like he's kind of trying to avoid a filibuster. Um, and basically what he's trying to do is avoid having to get the Republicans to agree with him. Um, I think it was maybe 10 Republicans that he would need to agree with him. And even that he was having trouble. And he's kind of like trying to avoid that. And I think that that's the wrong approach. I think that it's important to speak to the Republicans and say, this is what we want to do. You know, what can we do to get you to agree with us to be on the same page and to, you know, to, you know, even if it's not exactly what you want, you know, do you think this is a good idea? Um, because trying to just, oh, say like, you know, the Republicans have their own ideas. So we're just gonna try to do our Democrat thing is, is just, it's more like, it's basically the opposite of what he says he wants to do, which is to unify the country. So I just wanted to add that. Okay. I just want to point out that Biden has, I think some, one of the most, out of all the presidents, I think he has probably the most or one of the most time experienced in government mm -hmm. and politics in general. So the fact that it's like a little bit concerning because for me if like trump couldn't like negotiate with like senators or representatives it'd be like okay fine he doesn't have no experience but biden does and should so for me whenever like i think i'm just gonna be more critical in general in this whole presidency when he can't make a deal happen because at this point he should have the skills in order to persuade people to do things majority of the time or work with the, you know the other side because he's been doing it supposedly well for 40 plus years yeah I'll... i'm sorry but don't you find it a little ironic that trump actually wrote a book called the art of the deal like i think that he should also be held to a pretty high standard of negotiations if that's so funny he, he can write a, a book about that man. he definitely should be it, it's like when um it's like when cuomo writes a book about leadership and now everyone's super mad at him because you killed fifteen thousand old people how why are you writing a book about leadership so anybody who thinks that they are knowledgeable enough in a certain topic to write a book about it definitely should be able to back it up with their own actions. So I think Trump should also be held to a high standard, but I do agree with you that Biden with all of his political experience should also be able to handle negotiating. And maybe because he's so experienced, he might be like the best person for the job right now, especially in this climate. Yes, exactly. I think that's also probably one of the big reasons that people elected him because they needed somebody with his experience to fix things. Yeah, he has so much experience. He was on the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for a long time. I think since like, let me scroll down, 2001. He was a United States Senator in 1973 to 2009. He was the Vice President of the United States of America in 2009 2017. So I'm just like, wow, he has a lot of experience and now he's our president. And he works with Republicans on the other aisle. Like he was friends with John McCain and he even spoke at John McCain's funeral. So I think he can get along with the Republicans. I just think it's harder now because the Republican party in 19, what was the year? 73 is different than it is now. 
You know what I mean? It's harder because instead of you're not just like debating over one law or one legislation, you're debating over how to run a whole country and unifying a country after a Capitol Hill attack and after a lot of Americans thinking that the election was rigged. So it's going to be a little more of a challenge. Biden has the skills and he has the ability to and he has worked with Republicans in the past since 1973. It's just going to be a little bit harder because over time, that divide and hate between Democrats and Republicans have definitely strengthened and widened. So Biden's job of unifying is going to be 10 times harder than it was in 1973. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that aside from the amount of years that he has an experience, he had the experience of being the vice president, which I, you know, he he was in the White House. He was working side by side with the president. He was fulfilling presidential duties. Um, I can think of it as like a, a doctor who who's um, like doing residency. They're not yet a doctor, but they're working side you know side by side with the doctor. They're they're learning how to become a doctor. They're watching the doctor all day doing you know all the things that he's doing. And then when they become a doctor, they learn how to mimic that. So it's. I think that he has experience just from being vice president, not even from all his other years of, of working for the government, just from being vice president that he had, you know, a little taste of the experience of being president. So it's almost like, you know, practice before the real thing. So I think that he should have real experience from that. Yeah. Building off of that, I feel like the experience um, is probably going to help or translate the most into foreign affairs. I feel like no matter how much experience you have, your your values aren't going to change. So I don't think we're going to see the biggest boost in the economy. I mean, he's a Democrat. That's not usually what we expect. We're probably going to be seeing, obviously, the Democratic agenda. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I do think that with, I think he's going to definitely repair our image with foreign leaders. He's going to know how to talk with them, what to say, what not to tweet. Like I just... Uh, found on some news sources for my AP homework, I was Googling what Trump tweeted. And one of them was a tweet implying that Kim Jong-un was short and fat. And that's just not something that- Call him a little rocket man. That's just not something that you say to, uh, in, within the eyesight or hearsight of, of a dangerous foreign leader. So I feel like with Biden, we're totally going to see a lot more um, formalities. And on top of that, what else was I going to say? Oh, I feel like there are totally some conservative leaders that would be very willing to sit down and talk with him. Maybe not compromise, maybe not action, but get them on their talk shows. And like, I feel like that would be a really cute idea. I could totally see like Ted Cruz sitting down with him, maybe Ben Shapiro, but Ben Shapiro would be so uh, like, argumentative the whole time but i could totally see that i feel like that'd be a really cute move i feel like they'd just be grilling him the whole time though but at least yeah. making an effort yeah with, like those Luke no, I, I think it would be like if they were to ask him and he were to say no i think that would look very bad so he definitely mm-hmm. should jump on that if he gets the chance but he's also the president mm-hmm. so i don't like, know if like does the yeah, president he's, just he's, like he's too fancy go on talk shows YouTubers. and podcasts Okay, that's actually really funny. Could you imagine President Biden like, hey, this is this kind of podcast with President Biden. I bet. Next and possibly last point. 
for this discussion, which has been really productive. I'm really happy just to say that. Uh, so President Biden says that he wants to get 100 people vaccinated in his first 100 days, which would only be the first dose of two dose process. So many people have criticized him for setting the bar too low. Uh, do you want this political strategy? Do you think this political strategy is better than the former president that made a more loftier promises in their first 100 days? And also, do you think this is actually doable? And how do you think you would execute it? Okay. Uh um, okay, so just drawing on the little facts that I pick up, um, the first thing is that the vaccine rollout in the US has been much, much, much slower than expected, much, much, much slower than planned, considering they had a lot of time to plan it and operation warp speed and all of that. Um, and, you know, I did not like study the plan or anything like that. And I don't know all the details, but I do know that they did have a plan. So I wonder like what happened with that. Um, and I did read a lot about how the, the goal of, I think it was a hundred million, right? Um, the, that goal of a hundred million, you know, a lot of people said that is the expected rollout. So that, that's like saying, you know, hopefully by tomorrow I'll have, you know, I don't know, exercise for 30 minutes if I, and that's not really a good goal if I already plan to exercise for 30 minutes. Like, you know, a goal is supposed to be something that you work towards. And if it's just like what's already expected to happen, it's kind of like, you know, trying to make it into frills and it's not. So I feel like it's a little bit iffy here because the really even worst I think to do would be to promise, let's say 200 million, and then to get, let's say 125 million, which is more than you know expected. But if you're falling short and then you, know, you have millions of Americans who are like, you, know, you said you were gonna do 200 million Americans, I'm not vaccinated, or I have a family member who's not vaccinated and should be, and you know, why did you drop the ball on that? But at the same time, I think he should have been a little bit more ambitious than the exceeded rollout because then it's like if he reaches the 100 million goal then it's like okay so you did what was expected to happen that's not really such such an amazing accomplishment i'm a little surprised that some republicans are saying that it is too low especially since trump did 1 million in like a week <laughs> but biden wants to do it all in one day so I'm a little bit surprised that some people are saying that it's too low. Hmm, I don't know yet, but I'm going to do some research about how many vaccines Trump had. But I think he definitely had way less than one million a day. So, and I think it's going to be very difficult to do that because there's a lot of people who are anti-vax. And there's a conspiracy theory that there's a tracking device in a vaccine. And there's just a lot of things going on. But... I think that it's going to be difficult trying to get like all 50 states on track with the vaccine plan, especially since like every single state is doing it their own way from their own plan. So it's going to be very hard to get them all on the same page. So I think actually that I want to say that that's ambitious because 100 million, that's a big number, but I think they can do it. Okay, Yao. Okay, so I actually disagree that 100 million is a lot. I think that Biden is definitely taking a different route than other past presidents that would make these huge promises. Like, I think in Trump's 100 days, he said, we're going to build a wall and we're going to let Mexico pay for it. So 
I think what Biden is trying to avoid is getting America's hopes up, especially with something like a vaccine, which is honestly like people's ultimate hope right now, getting out of this whole situation. But 100 million vaccines, you have to understand that this is a two dose process. So that's really only 50 million people vaccinated in 100 days. And we have over 300 million people in this country. So if it were to take that long, we would still be in the situation for a really, really long time. And there are countries that have been rolling out vaccines like this, like way faster than 100 million in 100 days. And I think even Dr. Fauci said that 100 million is the floor, it's not the ceiling, meaning that we're expected to surpass 100 million. So I think what Biden is trying to do is he's trying not to get people's hopes up. And I think that he might not, he's, doesn't really care that he's not going to be the most popular right now for not setting like the highest goal of vaccinations. But once he surpasses that goal, people are going to be like, see, he's such a good president. He doesn't only deliver, but he exceeds expectations. So I just think it's a different political strategy. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that he even, um, I'm not sure, I, mean, I don't know the exact context, but I think there's a difference between um, him just saying, oh, we're going to try to do this or we're doing this versus being like, come on, America, we're going to get 100 million because it really depends. Like he might have just been laying it out like, hey, guys, here's what we're aiming for. Here's what we're going for. Here's what would be a nice number and just naming a reasonable number rather than like hyping the country up, which I'm not sure if that was his goal. And I think especially for a vaccine, I suppose it would be nice to get us like excited and to be ambitious about it because it's been long awaited. But I do like your thought process, Yael, about how like when when it's such a sensitive topic and, you know, when it's about a very real danger, then maybe it's just best to play it safe. That would be an interesting thought uh, way of thinking about it. So I am really happy that he has good goals. I think they're I think I agree with Yael that like he's he said he picked a good number and I think that it's he can execute and he can make it happen on the one condition that he actually has 100 million doses of the vaccine which I don't think based on the way transportation's happening right now I think we may actually have 100 million doses but I don't think they're all good just because of all the issues we've had with temperature and them going bad we may not even actually have enough to do his plan so I think that would be my main point of concern as of right now. Yeah. I also read an article like about how a lot of like a certain political strategy is like you want to have like the policy that you're doing it kind of like has to have a nice ring to it so 100 million vaccines in 100 days like that sounds really good even if the goal is a little bit low just 100 million 100 days it sounds great and it's attainable and once we do achieve that goal people are going to be happy so I think a lot of strategy was at play. And I think he put a lot of thought into this, which is nice to know, because it seems like Trump acted a lot of times on impulse. And now it seems like Biden is really thinking it through. Um, I just also wanted to add that there have been like a lot of setbacks with the vaccine, um, you know, with, with there are people who are, you know, conspiracy theorists who are like literally throwing vaccines in the garbage or trying to make them unusable. Um, and then there's, of course, you know, that the hospitals are overloaded and they just don't have staff to start giving out vaccines because they need their staff treating um, current COVID patients. 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but like a few days ago, it was in the news that um, I think it was um, Philadelphia that they paired up with a group uh, led by college students who wanted to start giving out the vaccine. And it ended up happening that they had a mess up with the bookings and they had to send a lot of people home who didn't get the vaccine. And then they even had the CEO, I forgetting his name. Um, and, you know, it was like, you know, said that he brought home some vaccines and he gave them to people, even though he's not even qualified to. So there are just so many setbacks that, you know, I forgot who it was, but somebody just mentioned that, you know, if he even has a hundred million vaccines and it's not even that simple. It's like, you have to get it to the places. You have to make sure that it's supervised. You have to make sure that it doesn't um, expire or go bad before it's given to somebody. You have to make sure that you have people to give it to, but not too many people because you don't want to have to start turning people away. It's a very, very, very complicated process. Yeah, I think, I know it's, it's not necessarily an impossible concept because there have been countries who have been really great about their vaccinations and probably have accomplished this or are close to accomplishing this. I think there are a ton of factors at play, like if we have enough doses, where doing, doing this, transporting this. Um, and I think it's a little bit difficult also because it's not a one uniform system across the whole country. You have 50 different systems and you have to cater as a federal government, you have to cater to each system. But I still, I'm happy that again, he's at least setting goals and he's taking action towards them, you know? Um, so with that said, if anybody else has any more closing comments about Biden and his presidency, um, then we'll move on to like the last point. Okay, great. So last thing we want to sort of kind of ask is, what do you think or what would you want President Biden to prioritize in his first day, couple of days, first hundred days? I think what he needs to focus on the most is just coronavirus relief and getting money into the hands of the American people right now. There's a lot of argue, arguing in the House in general about how much money. I don't. I honestly don't think it matters right now. Just get the money into the hands of the people. This arguing is harmful to Americans right now because it's not. It's not. No one's even being receptive. It's just two different opinions that are just clashing and they're not even compromising and by this, they're just delaying at this point. And when you delay money going into the hands of the American people, I think that could actually cause even more deaths and more destruction. So I think he needs to really focus on rebuilding this country in that way by getting money into the hands of the American people, helping bail out some of the local state governments, things like that. And also just being more mindful of his rhetoric, the way that he speaks and just having more productive conversations with people on all sides at this point. And I think he needs to focus mostly though on Corona because that is the immediate act. That is the immediate problem on hand. Specifically within like the context of Corona, I think it's really important to focus on education and employment. I think that like a lot of schools are still shutting down and opening and down and opening and, you know, it's really having a lasting impact on kids' education. There are a lot of kids that like don't come from good homes and they need school to be their safe spot. And I think it's like really bad for kids' development to have such an unstable childhood as is. 
that I feel like a priority needs to always be school and education. And also just employment, because, the, you know, when the unemployment rises, when people don't have what to do, not only does it tend to cost the government money because then they get unemployment payments, but they also, it, it raises crime, it's unrest, and, you know, it just doesn't create a good environment. So I think that, I think uh, more emphasis should be placed on, em on employment because I feel like that's kind of getting sideswept. Um, yeah, so I agree with you, Kira. I think education is extremely important. I think that, you know, some some kids have been getting, you know, fine education over Zoom. It's not ideal, but it's fine. And some kids are coming from homes where, you know, they don't have Wi-Fi, they don't have a device, they don't have, you know, quite peace and quiet, they can't pay attention, they don't have someone to help them, they have less attention from the teacher. It's just not a good situation. And like, for someone our age, it's probably easier just because we're like, you know, if you miss a chemistry class, it's not going to, you know, affect the rest of your life. But, you know, at early ages of development, like if a first grader is missing the ABCs and basic addition, they're going to go into second grade and then they're going to go into third grade and fourth grade and they're going to have this missing fundamental pieces that are just going to affect them and make it very, very, very hard for them um, to learn. And even aside from the actual learning, but having the schools open, there are kids who rely on schools for um, you know, social development, kids who rely on schools for even just meals daily um, and the, to have guidance counselors and social workers and you know, even social development being around their friends, you know, like even like young kids like kindergartners, they need to be around kids their age instead of you know, locked up in their houses with you know, parents and maybe some siblings, but not having the social interaction they need. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to say is that not only does Biden need to focus on ending the pandemic with, you know, a tr treatment in the hospitals and, you know, um, stopping the spread and closing things down and doing things safely and masks and social distancing and vaccines, but also, you know, as the pandemic hopefully will come to a close to bring the country back to what it was before the pandemic like Akira was saying the education the you know the unemployment rate rose of course so we need to bring that back down and the poverty rate and we need to bring that back down so you know just recovering from the pandemic is going to be a huge job um, by itself okay so I just want to piggyback off of what Leia said I think it's important for, I want him to would really want him to prioritize keeping schools open because not only was everything that Leia said true, but I think it's also been stated by a lot of teachers and school officials and people in the education department that schools are actually a great help for COVID-19 because it's a structured way for you to control where the students are going to be. If these students were doing distance learning, they could like go to their friend's house maskless for a good eight hours and catch COVID. If they're spending those eight hours during the day in school, you can sort of kind of more control the spread of COVID amongst those kids. So I really, like, of course, because of like education, making sure that the students are actually learning um, everything they need to learn for the social aspect of it, for food, for all those reasons, I think I would want him to prioritize, obviously stopping the pandemic, but also just making sure education is up there. 